Hey everybody, this is Ryan. Just real quick letting you know that we are very excited to bring you today's episode with Jessica Lanyato. Uh, I got to tell you, this was our first attempt at doing a Skype interview with, you know, three different people. So, uh, you know, the audio is not up to our usual standards. So if it's the first time listening to the podcast, just know that it's a little below what we usually, you know, strive for here. But the, ep- the, the interview is just too good. The interview is too good, and, and you know it's probably not that bad actually. Once you listen to it, but just want to let you know we're aware of it, so enjoy it. Jessica is amazing. You're gonna love this. So uh, yeah, just uh, keep that in mind as you're listening today. Uh, we cleaned it up as best we could, but you know I think you're gonna love it anyway. So uh, you know, hey, let's just get to it. But especially today, because we have Jessica Laniato, an internationally renowned astrologer, psychic medium, an animal communicator, but most importantly, a triple Capricorn. <laughs> Jessica. I love that. That the most important part is my it, sun, moon, and rising. Thank you for that. Amazing. Yes. You, you. you were born to lead and win. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a much kinder uh, take on it than I had. So... But I guess that's the joy of being a triple Capricorn is that I don't have the easiest take on it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's it's very hard. And and this is we were talking about your addiction to coffee. I can't imagine a triple Capricorn off of coffee. How well, it's a terrible thing to world. imagine. Yes, it really is. <laughs> um, Jessica, we're so excited to talk to you, and uh, we appreciate you doing this podcast so much. When um, I I met you at the Girl Boss Rally, and you do the Girl Boss as well um as well as like every scene um ryan was saying um, oh yeah i mean like if you if you don't think you know who jessica is you've been living under a rock because i mean if you have any interest in astrology at all in the last like 25 years you've you've gotten a reading from her and you just don't know it Uh, (laughs) i mean you've been everywhere it's it's like really impressive the uh, the landscape the the astrological landscape has has definitely been heavily influenced by yeah. by your your Shape. insight over the last you know couple decades it's it's amazing yeah and you and so I good. your podcast is the only podcast I never ever miss uh, goes to the podcast it's the best astrologically speaking because it's for the collective you tell us all how to cope it's not just fortune telling it's so helpful. You guys, I'm sitting over here blushing. I'm like, okay, we can go nowhere but down from here. So that's amazing. Thank you. Oh, that's really nice. You know, the reality is that mainly what I've done is not leave the house a great deal for about 25 years and just focus on work. So the way you guys said it made it sound a lot cooler than the way it seems to me. But uh, yeah, I, I love astrology. I love, I love my jobs. Yes. Well, and I have listened to pretty much every word you've ever said. Uh, so I, I love how you got into it. You just started tracking it. And you kept a notebook, which you encourage other people to do. Um, I just, and you have a book coming out, which I cannot wait to read. I'm still reading. Um, I'm, I still, still like have my old Linda Goodman uh, relationship. I forget what it's called. The love, the love sign. Sign compatibilities. Yeah, I think it's like love, love signs or something like that. It's like, it's like an old school Bible. It is. It really yeah. is. And yours sounds so great because it's like all relationships, not just lovers, but friends, yourself, probably parents, stuff, like very, very useful. Um, I would love it. So, Jessica, we have like a lot of listeners who are new to Woo, and uh, we get like lots of messages about like, uh, I just discovered my moon sign, and people say your moon is you know, more who you are than your son, you know, I I mean, there's a lot, there's a whole, it's vast, it's very vast. What do you, besides, of course, listening to your fabulous podcast and subscribing, I also get your emails, so I'm like double whammy on my horoscope every week, (laughs) but what would you recommend to people just starting to get into astrology? Well, I would recommend a lot of things, actually. The first is to consider what it is that you want to know about astrology because if you're an astrology student like you really actually want to dedicate time and effort into the study of kind of deep astrology then my advice is going to be super different than if you're like I want to go a step deeper than co-star 
or a step deeper than my weekly horoscope or something. They're really, really different things because unfortunately, astrology requires a great deal of study and memorization. And people often have this idea that astrology is really intuitive and there is a need for intuition to synthesize and and really get the full picture of astrology. But the kind of foundation that you need with astrology is incredibly detailed and again a lot of study and memorization is needed so if i'm assuming that most people like at the beginning of their interests aren't super into tons and tons of study yeah <laughs> um and in that case um there's well, there's a lot of things to do. There's following people on social media that have consistently um, displayed accuracy, kindness, uh, and you know integrity in what they do. Yeah, and I think that that's a great place to start. There are a lot of people who are at the beginning of their journey who post a lot of content, and at the beginning of all educational journeys in all industries, we are not experts. So, you know, it's always smart to be a little bit mindful. I personally recommend avoiding the memification of astrology because it's generally based on stereotypes, um, which is kind of unkind. You know, I'm not a huge fan of that. So unless that's what you like, in which case, enjoy it. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what you're in it for, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But you are so kind. You're so the compassion that comes through your podcast every week, the way you deliver hard news. It's so it's exactly what the world needs. It's why I believe you are on top of the world of astrology, because people are so drawn to that kind of compassion. And there is a flip side. You're right. The the mean memes, which um, I think I enjoy when they're mean. And, and like I'm triple fire. I'm Sagittarius. So I, I think I do a pretty good sense of humor by myself. So usually I'm laughing at the ones that make fun of me. And then I look at the ones that are like making fun of my mom. And it's right. harder. Totally. But, yeah. Well, but you do deliver things so beautifully and really bad news. You predicted um, but, you know, in your in Ghostwork podcast, you were predicting like this year to come and just like all the heavy stuff. I meant to make a note of this and go back and listen, but um, sort of like the political stuff coming and now you have these great call to actions before your podcast and you're actually telling people what they can do, which is, I mean, you're not like here to bank, you're here to change the world, which is so impressive and rare. But I, I, I don't even know what question I'm going to ask. I'm just praising you for it. I, I well, love time. Thank you. For Thank real, you. your efforts, you are, you are one of the people truly making the world a better place. And I appreciate it so much. Um, I guess, I guess my question would be, um, like, what, t- tell us, like, because I, and again, in your podcast, you are rallying. But right now, astrologically speaking, um, obviously, we all need to vote. We all need to turn out. We need to have constructive uh, criticism and conversations, to, you know, to actually get in touch with the people who need to hear messages. But what, with with everything that's coming and what you uh, saw for this year and how hard this year was going to be for the collective, what are you most uh, into rallying people to do right now? Mm. So for all, so there's, okay, so for all that I see for 2019, my concern is actually 2020 onwards, Um, which is why in 2019, my primary objective is supporting as many people as possible in cultivating emotional intelligence. And the reason why that for me feels like the most foundational thing is because in an authoritarian regime, which we are absolutely at the beginning stages of here in the United States, um, in an authoritarian, in an authoritarian regime, ah, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Let me say it again. In an authoritarian regime, we all are kind of we all have to make difficult choices, and it is easy to be scared all the time. And it's easy to be scared, but less scared than this neighbor or more scared than that neighbor, depending on what demographic you fall into. And I believe that with authentic emotional intelligence, especially emotional intelligence that is kind of backed up by spiritual conviction, we will do the kind and right thing when it would be easiest to turn our backs or do the cruel and wrong thing. And 
that's really what I want to support people around because, you know, I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not able to, to understand the political systems, you know, it, it, as much as I would like to, there's like so many ways to be an activist. There's so many ways to be involved that I'm just not well suited to, but, but this is where I, I am, you know, I have something to share. So this is what I'm really trying to help people around because really cruel leaders and, um, even armies, they are really successful when we turn against each other, when the collective doesn't stand up for each other. We, the people, are, you know, we are a force. And we are only a force to be reckoned with when we stand together. And the problem is there are so many of us. And in the United States, we are such a diverse population. And so, so many of us don't stand up for each other. You know, so many of us are against each other, even on the quote left, you know, the left is a very large place and Ooh, a yeah. lot of people deeply, deeply offend each other on this quote left. And so my ambition is to help people in seeing the kind of bigger picture and acting in integrity because it's the right thing to do for your own soul instead of because you agree with the person, you know, your neighbor on everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of like, I, hopefully, a concise answer. I love. Yeah, that. it seems like you're you, you're coming from a place where, like, I mean, you have all these tools too, like right, like astrology and intuition. These things are can be very practical ways to connect with people too. It's it seems like when it comes to talking about like uniting the collective and understanding that we're all in this together. I'm curious about like, Oh man, like as you're telling this story, I'm just imagining like the most sensitive kid in the world. Like when you're like <laughs> ten, nine, ten years old, I mean, was that, was that the reality for you? Was it like, were you an the overwhelmingly opposite. sensitive? I was, I mean, yes and no. I was like, you know, nine and 10 years old. I, just remembered this recently that I was, I mean, I think it was like the third grade and I saw a bunch of girls that, you know, were my friends and they were like, let's, let's play jump rope. And I was like, jump rope, kids play jump rope. And I walked away and I was never <laughs> friends with them again. I was, um, I was a, a hard ass kid and, um, I, I did not believe in play. I did not believe in, um, I did not believe in a lot of things, TBH. So I was, you know, looking back, I understand as a, as a psychic and as an empath that a lot of what I experienced was a result of my sensitivities, but I was really dramatic, constantly in pain, physical pain, emotional pain. I was very distressed all the time. <laughs> so it wasn't wow. like I didn't have an imagination um, to speak of, I still don't, I don't like dream. I plan. I'm a Capricorn. So I, I was like that, but like times 600%, you know, they say Capricorn is kind of like a fine wine. We get younger and better with age. And I really didn't think it was true when I was in my teens and twenties, but now that I'm in my forties, I'm like, Oh hell yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, so yeah, so I was actually a, a real boner. As a kid. Oh, I love that. Jessica, <laughs> when did you start to, that, I've never heard that about Capricorn, but looking at the Capricorns, I know that it's so, they get like playful, closer to retirement, you know, yes. <laughs> like yes. scheming in ways that, because yeah, Capricorn is the planner. So um, when did you start to tap into at like what age and what was it like when you realized you could communicate with the dead, you could communicate with animals. Like, when did that all come about? It was in my 30s, actually. Wow. So when I first started studying astrology, I was in my later teens. And I smoked a lot of weed. I'm not going to lie about it. I smoked a great, well, it wasn't even weed, it was hash. I smoked a great deal of hash. Um, and at the time, I had a bunch of very kind of like psychic and um, kind of healer style experiences, but I chalked it up to the hash. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, you know, I did, I, I did some psychedelics. I did some drugs and I was, I just chalked it up to, to drugs. Um, and then I went forth and I studied astrology and I became what a lot of astrologers certainly were at the time. I, I don't know. I think like on Instagram, there's like astrology and witchiness is very merged 
at this time, but that's not what it's always been um, at all. And um, and I really was like one of these analytic astrologers that didn't believe in psychics. I didn't believe in psychic ability. I certainly didn't believe in animal communication. I wanted those things to be true, but I knew, I felt that I knew that those things were not real until... Um, probably my early thirties, I had been in private practice for a number of years and I, um, I had more and more clients that would come in and be like, will you talk to my dead relative? Will you hold this ring and tell me about the man's intentions who gave it to me and all these kinds of things. And I would be like, no girl, I can't do it. I call everybody girl. They weren't all women, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like, I'd be like, no girl, I don't have that skill set. No, I cannot do that. No, that's not a real thing. And they would be like, please, I have faith in you. And I'd be like, no, but I had bad boundaries. And so I would do it. Um, and, you know, I would just warn them, like, I don't think this is possible, but I'll, I'll try. Um, and I'm, I guess it's good that I had bad boundaries at that time because I wouldn't be able to do it. And I was accurate. And then I would chalk it up to coincidence or I would chalk it up to, I don't know, I just really didn't want to believe it. I couldn't believe it um, until a couple of years passed. And I was like, well, shit, this is apparently happening. And it took a few years after that before I was in public um, willing and able to refer to myself in that way. In fact, I, you know, referred to my work as intuitive counsel for many, many years. It's still maybe even on my website somewhere like that um, because people hear psychic and they think, um, you know, they think of the thing at the carnival, the lady with the turban and the ball. They think about people who are trying to manipulate you. I mean, there's just like a lot of stereotypes of psychic that are, um, you know, shitty. And also people deeply misunderstand what psychic is. Psychic isn't knowing all things at all times about all things. <laughs> that doesn't yes. make any sense. It's about having access. Um, but but I, I kind of am going off on a tangent. Anyways, no, so no. first That's the great. psychic ability started, then the mediumship clarified itself, and then finally the animal communication stuff did. And so this was over the course of my 30s, um, probably, no, probably like seven to 10 years of me cultivating these skills and owning these skills. And as I would cultivate and own one skill, then another one would really emerge more strongly. And throughout all of that, you know, I had to quit smoking weed. I had to <laughs> change my behavior. I had to change my life to accommodate the person I wanted to become and to um, be kind of well enough within myself to be able to protect myself. Because when you allow dead people in, you need to be able to know how to get them the hell out. Um, you know, so there's like a lot of things that it, it's very, you know, romantic to think like psychic, medium, but they all come with a price tag. Um, and a lot of times when people write to me or they come in for a consultation and they're like, I want to be psychic. I'm like, really? Why? It's hard and it'll cost you. Um, and so, you know, I, I just don't, I don't encourage the romanticization of these skills because um, they take a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. And, and, you know, you open yourself up to things that there aren't a lot of clear tools for how to cope with them. Yes. Oh, God, I love everything you're saying. And I have so many more questions from that. <laughs> Hit me well, with them all. <laughs> to, to start with, how do you establish boundaries with spirits when they are coming at you? How do you, how do you kind of like put up a wall or have office hours? Sure. It's, um, it, it, that's a million dollar question right there. I mean, there's, it's, I am constantly working on boundaries, energetic boundaries. I am constantly failing at it. I'm constantly forgetting to do it. The reason why I talk about it so much in my work is because it is so much my work. Um, boundaries are, I mean, it really does depend for me as a medium, um, the more, most organic way for me to get information from the dead is for them to enter into my physical body. Um, and it's a really stupid way of doing it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's physiologically very taxing. It's very hard on the physical body. Um, and I have been trying over the last two, three years to really teach myself how to do it um, without having them come into my body. So that's been its own, um, 
it's its own journey for me. And it would be a little bit hard for me to kind of fully explain how I do that. But I think, you know, the most direct and honest thing I can tell you about having energetic boundaries with the living or the dead is to be centered and grounded in your own body, to have ownership of your own energies and to be present here and now, here in the body, here on the earth, now, this moment, not the past, not the future, just here and now. And there's no other way to have boundaries that I've ever encountered. (laughs) It's really just through presence because when you're present, you can tell oh, wow, I'm feeling something that's not totally mine. And then you can make a choice around how to handle it, right? And when we're like not quite in our bodies, when we're up in the sky, when we're in the past, when we're in the future, then how do you know when something's encroached upon your space? Because it all feels like you. Um, Because we're talking about subtleties here, you know, when we're talking about intuitive stuff, when we're talking about communicating with the dead, it's all very subtle, even though it's also not subtle at all. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. if I'm giving contradictory information, but that's how it is. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's good stuff. That's the nature of, I think, a lot of this stuff. Um, I, it, I, I wonder when it comes to the individual readings you do for people and then the group um, the group readings where they're like, there's a bunch of people that you're, you're not performing, but I mean, I guess in some aspect, there is a performance aspect to it, but like the, the difference there between that, what you found transitioning from the one-on-one to like the large group, uh, when it comes to energy levels and, and maintaining these boundaries, do you you find it to be a significant difference? Significant. Yeah. Um, I have only done two, different group events um and i've done countless one-on-ones thousands of one-on-ones so in terms of the two group events i did the first one was amazing um i kept my energy boundaries it was energizing um it worked out really well and the second time not so much um (laughs) the second time was really rough um and my energy boundaries weren't as strong um, and the energies in the space were kind of more than I could handle, and it actually quite set me back. So all to say, uh, one-on-one can be more challenging because it's just me and someone else. And, you know, in a session, sometimes I'll talk to, like, six dead people for my client, depending on, you know, if they have that many dead in their lives. Um, and sometimes that is incredibly energizing and I love it. And then sometimes it's, it's quite difficult. And the thing to, to note is that whether we're talking about, you know, me being a medium or we're talking about you being a total muggle, living your life, doing your thing. The reality is in both of these situations is that we are only vulnerable to things that we are resonant with right? So if you are hanging out with your mean girlfriend who's being a total mean girl, but you think mean girls are funny, then it's not going to hurt you. But if you're hanging out with your passive aggressive friend, who's actually not that mean, but just doesn't know how to be direct, and your mom used to be passive aggressive, and it's super triggering for you, then that's going to slime you, right? So we are vulnerable to the things that we are resonant with. And I think that that's a really important kind of thing to note. So if I'm working one-on-one with somebody and, you know, there's something I'm vulnerable to, then it's going to slime me much more aggressively than if I'm, you know, working with 200 people and that doesn't come up, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's not a, an either or. And in terms of like working with groups, I don't think I'm experienced enough to give it a better, more comprehensive answer than that. But wow, there it is. No, that's the hot damn. I really like what you said about the passive aggressive mom connection. Um, you're at, for anybody listening who's like, wow, this is amazing. Um, you should check out the episodes, Ghost of a Podcast, where Jessica's reading people. I think you're in San Francisco in a spiritualist church. Yes, that, exactly that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was when, because I was like, wow, this is the best astrology podcast I've ever listened to. And then when you start recording your medium experiences, it's like, holy shit. I mean, it is so impressive. I also love when you do animals because the, the I mean, I, I can't remember what it was. It was a couple. I think it was a recent one. Yes. You're reading a dog and it's just like the dog energy that you're able to share with people. Like it's, it, it's just extraordinary. It's so wonderful. 
Um, and I, I, yeah, thank you. I'm so glad that you're sharing this with people too, because I think we're having an awakening. You know, we still have like new souls coming in, trying to save the Amazon from burning and the planet in general. So we have all these people kind of opening their third eyes right now. Mm. And I, I mean, more voices like yours, but you, yours is also so, I just, I, I'm so, I just love everything you're doing, Jessica. As I, Thank I, you. I wanted Jeez. to ask you. Thanks, yes. Thanks. No, Thanks so much. When I met you at Girlboss, nice. I was just like, I didn't care what I had to do to talk to you. And then you're just so great and approachable. I didn't have to like. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'm like, you didn't have to do anything, but why not <laughs> not be an asshole? That's all you have to do. <laughs> oh, it's amazing how that pans out sometimes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I um, personally have such a, a connection to animals. Do you ever pick up like wild animal? Like, do you ever end up communicating with a wild animal or like birds or anything that's just wild and free? Sometimes. I mean, I'm a city girl. Um, I've, you know, I've lived in very urban cities my whole life. Um, so I am not around wild animals as much as many other people would imagine. Um, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, I remember once I was with uh, my now ex-girlfriend. Um, we were out in the desert and we had like gotten a house for several days. And we we were staying at this house and it was hot and there was a pool and there were these bats and these bats would dive bomb the pool in the day. And I was so freaked out by that. I was like, I don't want to get rabies on vacation. <laughs> like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but they were dive bombing the pool. And after like a couple of days, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I can talk to animals. Why don't I just tell them to go away? <laughs> well, I did. I was just like, Hey, it's dangerous here. Don't cut. Cause Oh, and that was the other thing. Every morning we'd have to scoop up bats that had like drowned in the pool and like literally half the time they would be like alive but dying and so we'd scoop them out and then they'd fly away so I just was like you know get out of here guys it's dangerous this isn't good for you and so they did they left and then I was like oh my god I forgot I could communicate with the animals and we found out before going that there was such a thing as a kangaroo rat I don't know if you've ever seen a kangaroo rat they're very cute they look like little kangaroo mice do they hop they hop and they have the legs of like a marsupial. It, you should Google it. Google image search. It's so cute. Now, the reason why I found out is because my, my uh, girlfriend at the time was terrified of uh, mice and rats and stuff like that. So she was like needed to know what all the rodents were going to be on this vacation. <laughs> and she was hoping to not see it. But it was like the last day. And I was like remembered that I could communicate with animals. And I was just like, I really want to see a kangaroo rat before I leave. And so I kind of, like, without really thinking, I, like, called one in. I was just like, come on, guys, come on in. And we were literally in the house, but the door was open. And one, like, within minutes, hopped right on in. And she <sighs> lost her mind. We almost <laughs> broke up then. It was very bad. This is not a brag. This is just me sharing wild animal stories. Did, so, she, know, did she know you called it in? Was that, I mean, was I had that to was... tell her. I mean, <laughs> I, I had to tell her because, A, I'm an honest person, and, B, it was super fucking funny. So it was just she, – she, she wanted to murder me. She, like, wanted to murder me so viciously. It was really <laughs> terrible and funny. Mainly funny to me and terrible to her. But, um, yeah. Uh, it's not something I do frequently. That's why it's a good story. But I also have for um, for clients, you know, communicated with cockroaches, rodents, um, stuff like that. Birds don't seem to be interested in me for the most part. I've tried communicating with birds, like not pets, but like birds in the wild. And this is the thing. Just because you can communicate with somebody doesn't mean they're listening to you. doesn't mean they want to talk to you. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's very important. People are like, oh, you can talk to animals. So just like tell them yada yada. Or people are always like, well, what do they say? It's not quite the same. It's not like talking, uh, you know, to a human because yeah. animals are not the same as human and birds are not the same as cats and on and on. I love that. It's almost like getting cat called and just ignoring the guy as you cross yeah. the street. The birds right. are just like, Ugh, animal communicator, don't need it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we don't have enough humans. Back off, yes. humans. Exactly. Jessica, you're a cat person, right? Yes, I am. Yes, yes, I yeah, am. Me too. I uh, I have four foster fails, uh, way oh. too many, but I'm sure I'll have two more by the by the in the next decade. Um, do you? So I have a friend who does Reiki on people's pets, and she's really really great. She said cats refuse her energy. Have you found them to be because they just feel a little superior? I love all animals, dogs too, but what is your take on cat energy? Oh, that's so interesting. I 
I, I have had energy work done on my cat friends and I've done energy work on cat friends. So I personally haven't had that experience, but again, resonance, right? It's either those particular cats not resonating with that person or that person not resonating with cats, right? It could be any of the things. Um, I, uh, you know, I really like cats so much. My my BFF is a cat. His name is Panda Elizabeth Henry. He's <laughs> sitting right outside my studio door right now, just waiting for me. Um, and I I don't know. I I absolutely love a cat. I just I just love a cat. I don't find cats to be aloof in general. I know that that's what I'm supposed to think, but I find cats. I mean, every cat I've ever had. Not every cat, but almost every cat I've ever had is like waits for me at the door when I get home, follows me around, is very like loyal and uh, very, very interactive. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I don't know that I'm a great example of like what is normal. I don't, I have no idea. I know. Yeah, I know. I have, I have the same experience with cats. Yeah. I just think that they bond to a person and then people expect them to be bonding to everyone and they're not dogs. You know, they're they bond dogs. to their people and that's that. Exactly. Well, exactly. They, they re- require some level of respect. Oh, yes. Thank you yeah. for pointing that. <laughs> non-educated cat uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about, like, when it comes to, like, your journey and embracing all of these gifts, I mean, especially with, like, the animal communication, I think, like, th- like that's another level. Like, there's a lot of people who are, like, into the woo, and then people, and then you get into that level of, like, animal yeah. communication, right? Which is, like, it's like the crystal deodorant as opposed yes. to fluoride-free <laughs> is medium, totally. and then the crystal is now talking to animals. I wonder, like, when it comes to, like, the, the personal embracing of these gifts and abilities, was there, like, a watershed moment for you where, like, where the, like that really stands out in your life where you're just, like, blown away by it and kind of, I don't know, maybe scared or maybe, uh, or whatever it was, was there, like, one moment that really stands out to you? There were many of those moments, yes. I mean, with with animal communication specifically, I had a cat named Cougar who just passed last year, and he he showed me we had like we had like a watershed moment, which I can tell the story of or not. But I, he he showed me that he could communicate with me, and he was very invested in in helping me to become a better animal communicator. Now, I had two cats at the time; they were besties, and um, it was Cougar and Sage, and and Sage. Um, had absolutely no interest in helping me at all. She gave zero fucks for <laughs> communicating with me. Like she really didn't care. Um, and that was really helpful for me too, because I was like, it's not that all the cats will speak to me all the time. It's that some people want to talk and some people aren't super verbal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But I did have a watershed moment with him. Yes. And then kind of in the same period, I started having, experiences with dead people that were actually, um, this is not, not like maybe the greatest story, but, um, they, they were destructive. They were bad. They were unhealthy. They were dangerous. Um, and it was consuming. I had one dead guy come with a client and then didn't leave with a client and he would watch me sleep. And it made me so creeped out. He was like a gay dude who like died of an overdose. So he wasn't like creeping on me in like a straight dude way watching me sleep, but it was, really uncomfortable. I was not comfortable with it at all. Um, And it was really upsetting. And so it was almost like with the mediumship until it became problematic and I was forced to develop boundaries and skills. I didn't, I didn't really own it, you know? And I mean, this is, and the reason why I say this kind of sucks that I'm saying this is because most humans, what we do is until something is a problem, we don't fully deal with it. And that is, you know, a shame because we don't have to learn things the hardest way. Uh, me personally, apparently, I love learning things the hardest way, <laughs> but, you know, I don't recommend it as a general rule. So I had, you know, I had like a couple year long period where I had a number of experiences that were just rough, you know, and um, and it, it it kind of developed from there. But you know, even in the last, um, it was just in the last year and a half, I guess, maybe the last two years that I did the mediumship events um, at the spiritualist church. Um, and I didn't know that I could do those things. You know, I, I really, I really didn't know. Um, and when I stood at the pulpit, a nice Jewish girl standing at the pulpit of a church, <laughs> I was just like, you know, hey, everybody, prepare yourself. I might not be able to do this at all. I had no idea if I could do it. And then I did it. And I was like, oh, shit. 
And the second time I did it, I was like, that first time could have been a fluke. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and honestly, I still feel that way. I still feel like I can probably do it, but like, I don't know. Maybe wow. I don't, how am I to know? You know, it's, it's because I'm not a believer, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not a, like a deep believer in that way. So I don't, yeah. I don't well, have like a patented sense of like, well, I did it once, therefore I can do it. Yeah. And triple Capricorn, you're very pragmatic. So it's I, am, like, yeah. it, I, I mean, the fact that it blows my mind and, you know, I'm not personally a Capricorn hater. It, the, you know, it can be tough, especially I'm triple fire. So Capricorn and I like each other, but it can be tough. Um, but especially with you, because you, your, your motives are always so compassionate and so helpful that it's like, oh, look at this, a triple Capricorn. They're not just capitalists, you know? Thank you. It's true. <laughs> we are not. It's, it's such a, um, <clears throat> there are capitalists of every sign. Yeah. And the thing about Capricorn is that they're the best at being capitalists. Not that they're the only capitalists. But yes. real. It's just that if I, if, if I decided that capitalism was my primary objective, um, I would have gone into advertising and I would have been fucking great at it You would have, oh because God. I'm psychic, right? I could have been a great <laughs> advertiser. Um, I could have convinced anyone to buy anything. You could um, have. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll line up. I'll be first in line. Sell me anything. Sure, um. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not um, interesting to me. Right. And that's, and it's about recognizing that we all have choice within our nature to embody our nature based on our values. And when we put our values first, I think that it's a life's journey. So I love that you, you know, you keep on calling me so compassionate because I, I do work really hard at that. But if you met me in my 20s, I don't know that you would have primarily described me in that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just about having values and it's not just about um, making choices. It's having those choices kind of build and build and build on themselves and to be consistently loyal to your values because that is what ages into something that is palatable to others. And I think that that's really an important thing for me to say because so many um, people on social media and so many people who are consuming po podcast content are not in their 40s. They're not in their 50s. They're not in their 60s. They're in their 20s and their 30s. And, you know, I am like compulsively out about my age because in part I want to just say like I wouldn't be able to hold space in the way that I do I wouldn't have the same skill set that I have 10 years ago at 35, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important that you, you know, <laughs> give yourself room to develop your skills and to develop your nature and to make mistakes and to have periods of time where you're meh, you know, like all of these things are part of it. And yeah. um, I don't ever want anyone to idealize me or anyone else kind of as a way to put themselves down or to be like, oh, I should be here because that person is here. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Do your right. best, everybody. Yes. Well, yes. you talk about learning lessons the hard way. And I want to dive into that a little bit, if we can, if, if yeah. you're willing to. Yeah. Um, because I think it's really fascinating for people to understand, you know, that there is – you know, there are consequences to doing certain things if you if you jump into them too quickly, maybe, or like you're talking about, like the the guy just standing over your bed and like that's not an enjoyable thing. Like people are like, oh, you can talk to dead people. That's so great. And it's like, well, yeah, well, there's also, you know, the other side of the coin. Was there a like an opposite of like a watershed moment? Was there like, oh, shit, I took this too far or I wasn't prepared for this moment where you maybe I don't want to say reckless, but maybe it was reckless at, at one point when you're coming into the abilities. Was there a moment like, like that where you're like, holy shit, um, I'm in a little over my head on this one? Frequently, still, always, yes. It's hard because with, I mean, I was actually, just last year, I did a session with someone um, and their lost loved one, for some reason, felt compelled to, I just, my mouth was filled with blood. It wasn't, it wasn't visually, like it wasn't actual blood, but I could taste all this blood in my mouth. They had shot themselves in the face um, and that's how they died. And they wanted to show me. Uh, which is not an uncommon thing. And I, my mouth was completely filled with blood and it was so disgusting. I, it was such an awful feeling. And I, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm sitting with a client and I'm not, I don't want my client to feel bad. I don't want to put that on my client. I, um, you know, I want to continue to provide service for, for that person. And so it was like dealing with the 
feeling that I was having and try and have a boundary with that person in spirit while also really prioritizing and holding space for my client. And it was, you know, I remember that night and that night I had to write a horoscope that was like being published the next morning. I was just like, what the fuck am I doing with my stupid life over here? Like, I can't keep this up, you know, and that was recently, that was in, in the last year or two. I was maybe, maybe it was closer to two years, but I, it's like things like this happen all the time. Unfortunately, when I first, um, you know, when I got out of uh, a long relationship, it was like an eight year relationship and I was single for the first time in my late thirties. Um, well, single for the first time in almost a decade in my late thirties, I was like, what's this thing called alcohol that everyone likes? I never had a drinking phase. I'm going to try to drink. And I like went to a friend was throwing like a party with live bands. And I thought, Oh, there's like punch and there's gin in the punch. Why don't I have some gin? And I had a little bit of gin, which I never had a drinking phase. So I, you know, it's just like, Ooh, what is this? And walked up to some person who was being friendly with me and their dead parent came through and I just started talking to them about their dead parent. So wrong. It's so wrong. That is a wrong thing to do. Luckily, he wasn't offended or like harmed by it, but that was luck. You know, it's not cool to be a peeping Tom. It's not cool to like just drop psychic shit on people, especially not in a party setting. So I, I felt really terrible about that. And it was something where I hadn't realized that I had to take greater responsibility for myself, even when I wasn't working, because I am wired in such a way that substances weaken my ability to have healthy boundaries. I mean, that's true for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am so permeable that it is not wise or healthy for, or, or even fair to others for me to forget who I am and the commitment I've made. And yeah, I can't drink like that. I can't, I can't, I can't. And when I say like that, I had literally one glass of punch, but (laughs) I am not well suited to a glass of punch with high quality gin. It turns out. (laughs) I have learned. Give me shitty gin. I think it's okay, but not good gin. It's bad for me. Yeah, this is so funny. This is like a big, uh, my guides are always on me about um, drinking. So it's like we found, I think we found our happy place with that. But um, it's also, I, it's funny too, you mentioned, um, and I tell people I charge more when people want a live reading because it's in my home and they might bring in an overdosed ghost that I have mm-hmm. to get out later. Um, but also even just, I'm still finding my balance with what, um, I can have that doesn't mess up my intuition. What else? So you gave a pash. You you don't drink. It, and coffee you, is not, I feel like coffee doesn't affect my abilities either. But it's funny because with all the decalcifying of the pineal gland, which Ryan is putting himself through right now, um, people are, you know, always like coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, is there anything else that you find just messes up your intuition? Mm. Uh Anything else that messes up my intuition? Or, anxiety. Or anxiety Ooh. does. Fear does. Yes, fear. Fear. Yeah. 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 That, those are the biggies. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't, I don't do substances anymore. You know, I, I will have a little bit of Moscato, a little bit of Bailey's, <laughs> but that's all I do. Um, and it's very much a little bit. That said, um, yeah, it's fear. That's it. I, I'm a terrible sleeper. I drink a lot of coffee. I try to drink a lot of water. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I hear are shoulds that I don't do. I don't meditate. You know, I should, but I don't. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a, a right or a wrong. And I also think it depends on your natural ability. You know, if somebody is naturally well-suited to being an athlete, then they might have to train less to get to a certain place. And if somebody is less you know, well-suited, you know, if their body's less organically going to be uh, an athlete, then they have to train harder to get to that same plateaued place. Um, And the same thing is true with any kind of psychic ability or intuitive ability. I happen to be, you know, untrained and I am what I've learned is called like a natural psychic or a natural medium. Um, I've only learned this term in the last couple of years. I didn't realize you could be trained to do it if you're naturally able, but you can. Um, And I imagine it's in some ways a lot harder to, to learn. But I also think that when you get training from somebody who's good, then you learn how to do it with boundaries. Whereas I did not, I learned boundaries through having them crossed. Yes. So yeah. Jessica, what did you do by the way, to get that guy, the ghost of that guy out of your place, that creeper? Oh God. I don't even remember. It took, it, it was like, it was happening in a period where there was a lot 
going on. There's a lot of, there was a lot of dead people. There was some, it was, it's funny because I don't remember. I mean, it was, it was over a decade ago. Um, I don't remember how I got him out, but I do remember there was like a bunch of things that happened in my home at that time. And it was very upsetting. So I remember all the shitty things. I don't remember <laughs> how I got rid of them. Um, so he just eventually was like, Oh, this is too much. No, shit. No, no, I gotta no. go. I, I, did <laughs> I did something. I, I consulted with someone who helped and I like, I did, um, I mean, there's certain things that I do that are energy work oriented that honestly I don't talk about on podcasts and mm-hmm. I don't talk about, uh, because, because listen, we, we on social media on, you know, blog posts, stuff like that, we can share all the content of the world, but that's actually not necessarily always helpful. I don't want to like, you know, have people who are at the beginning of their practice who maybe aren't grounded, maybe don't have a solid relationship with their guidance. I don't want them doing certain things that are, you know, not in their best interest. Maybe they're not ready for. So there are certain things that I did that I wouldn't necessarily talk about here. You know what I mean? Yes. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to read this really great quote I found of yours. Um, We have a lot of, our, our podcast is, um, I mean, we, we, we aim for a lot of uh, witches, but we just get a lot of people who are, you know, just opening up to this stuff in general. But you have this great quote. Uh, you said, the witch myth has many forms, and it means something different to everyone. To me, a witch is someone who owns their power and fights for what's right. I love that. I love that. Thank you. It's an empowerment, you know, more than anything. And, like, the magic is in everybody. And... Um, even what you were talking about with intuition or, you know, people being a trained psychic versus a natural psychic. Um, I do believe everyone has intuition and I do believe fear is the biggest block of that. And people can become, you know, more in touch with their psychic abilities. Um, I I also wanted to ask you, did you ever try suppressing your gifts? Did you ever like say this is too much? I'm, I'm not doing this. Um no, no, I was already so committed to the work of counseling people for a living that when those things became clear to me that I could do them, I didn't, I didn't suppress them. No, but, um, looking back at my childhood, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I was in pain a lot. Uh, I was in emotional pain. I was in physical pain. I was kind of sickly all the time. And when I recognized my psychic ability and my em- empathic ability, that stopped being the case. Um, and it was because I personally am oriented to feel other people's pain. I don't feel people's joy. I don't feel people's like, you know, resiliency. I, I just, I am sensitive to pain. So I, um, I didn't understand that for many, many years. Again, not until my early 30s, um, maybe my mid, early mid 30s. Um, and so I, it's not that I wanted to repress it or like tamp it down. It's that I didn't understand that, that, that I was experiencing other people's pain all the time. Um, and yeah, once I, once I understood that that's what was happening, it was really useful to me because it, it made my life a lot more livable. I love that. Um, well, who watches The Watchmen here? Like, this is like ooh, a question I like to yeah. ask. Um, like, do you have someone that you go to? I mean, because you're giving out so much all the time. And I mean, obviously, there's energy work that you can be doing on yourself and keeping the boundaries and staying grounded. But do you have, uh, do you find that because you give out so much, what's the best way for you to restore? Do you have someone that you, oh, yeah. you rely on? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. For more than 15 years, I've been seeing this woman named Nikki Sachi once a week. Um, she is amazing. She is gentle and strong, and she does uh, energetic clearing work, which is very difficult to find somebody who's really good and kind yeah. who does clearing work. Um, I sure as hell am not going to do that kind of work. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's she's really wonderful. So she's a channel and a really powerful healer. Um, and um, so I see her weekly uh, for the most part. And I do all manner of therapy, all manner of therapy. I work really hard <laughs> on uh, maintaining myself, growing myself, challenging myself, and repeat. So um, currently I have two different therapists that I work with, not weekly, but I have them both like as people that are resources for me. Um, and I, you know, have a physical trainer, somebody who helps me with fitness-oriented stuff, uh, because I would rather 
just stay in the realm of spirit than deal with my damn body. So, you know, I have somebody who really helps me with that. I have lots of people who help me and lots of people who um, hold space for me as not as a helper, but as a stupid dummy living her damn life, you know? (laughs) And I think that, uh, I think that, that that's a really important thing that no one can sustain a life of service without receiving help as well. And so, yeah, at different periods of my life, I'll have more or less people that I resource, but I'm a big believer in paying people. I'm a big believer in paying for service um, and supporting helpers, you know? So I, um, I have a bunch of people who help me and, um, and they're all great. Well, I think it's an important (laughs) thing because a lot of people who are so called to help other people oftentimes have a difficult time asking for help themselves. Yes. And because they, they're the fixer. I Mm -hmm. I fix everything. I help everybody, Uh, you know? And so it's like, it's very, then you can really get, I I mean, I will like, when I find myself in situations like that, I'll spin off the globe is what I call it, where I'm just, now I'm just gone. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's really important. Like for, I wonder, though, too, like, uh, uh, there's times where you have to give yourself it. I mean, I feel like there's got to be times where you have to give yourself, like, a vacation, right? I mean, do you ever, like, take, like, an extended break, like, a couple weeks where you just kind of... Fun fact, I haven't had a vacation in a couple years. Oh, triple Uh, Capricorn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was, I just went, was in L.A. uh, for several days, um... And I just got back on Tuesday morning and I had clients Tuesday afternoon, meetings all day Tuesday. <laughs> but wow. when I was in LA, um, I only like went there with one workday scheduled, but I ended up doing a bunch of work. Um, so I worked probably on three of the four days I was there. Not probably, definitely. That's what I did. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm terrible at vacationing. I'm terrible at relaxing. I was better when I was a little younger. Um, and you know, there's astrological reasons why I'm a little busier right now than um, I might have been in other years. Um, but I'm really bad at that. Um, not to Yeah, think. well, but it's also fulfilling. Yeah, and and you know my mom is a Taurus, and I feel like all the Earth signs I know, you guys thrive on being busy, and it's 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 kind. Of, I mean, it's like it's like you're getting what you want, but then uh, it's hard to take a time out. Um, I was going to ask you. I know from listening to your podcast, and from just uh, well, mostly from listening to your podcast, honestly, is uh, you pick up so many interesting things in people's charts. Like you just did the episode. Uh, one of the recent episodes, uh, a, a person had really tough uh, teeth problems. Yes. And, oh, my God, the stuff that you saw and told them, even, like, you're a water sign, use a water pick. Like, really super helpful. And I wanted to ask you, like, what's some of the weirdest but maybe ordinary stuff you have seen in people's charts? I know sometimes you could see health and psychic abilities and all this stuff, but even that is something kind of ordinary like teeth but like what else has shown up in charts that you've just been like wow i can't believe i'm seeing this in your chart well um literally nothing because i am not uh, because as an, uh, an astrologer and as a medical astrologer i i have the expectation that i can see everything so i'm never surprised by anything um that is for my clients to be i'm not surprised by <laughs> any of it um i've already i've accepted more than 20 years ago that astrology works. So that's for me, the reality that said, I am a medical astrologer and I have helped people, um, find cancer before the doctors did. I've helped people to, um, you know, refine treat. I mean, I can't prescribe treatments, nothing like that, but I, I can help people to identify health behaviors that support their health. I've helped people to kind of like say like, okay, talk to the doctor about X instead of Y, ask for this test instead of that one, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, but I've never really been surprised by it because I've been a medical astrologer, I don't know, for almost 20 years, maybe, maybe, maybe 15 years, something like that. That's amazing. You know, something else I wanted to ask you, and as a Capricorn, you maybe wouldn't even engage with them if if you met someone who didn't believe in astrology, but what would you say if it didn't matter? What would you say to someone who doesn't believe in astrology? Oh, I I actually, most of my friends are not, I don't believe in astrology, so let me start with that. (laughs) Astrology is a belief system. It's, it's a, it's a tool. And 
I don't believe in ibuprofen. I don't believe in internet. I also don't understand ibuprofen and I don't understand the internet, but they both work for me. So that's how I see astrology. It is something that works. It is a tool and I don't believe in tools. I use tools. So that's a very Capricorn, but also very honest answer. Um, and I, in fact, um, specifically only date people who are not that interested in astrology. My, a lot of my close old friends are not necessarily into astrology. Um, I, in fact, some of my dearest friends actively dislike astrology. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't need people to agree with me. I don't, I, I see, I guess I'll say it this way. I talk about astrology so much. I use the lens of astrology so much that I don't need my friends to have that same lens. I don't love talking about astrology. In fact, I really only talk about astrology with my friends who are um, astrologers at a similar level as me. Um, and I rarely talk about sun signs. I don't know my partner's birth chart, I, who I've been Whoa. with for years. It's, it's not appropriate in my mind. You know, I see client charts. I don't see my personal loved ones. Like, when I think of all of my best friends, I remember what their sun signs are, but that's it. Um, as a matter of, you know, respect of boundaries. So, so there's all of that, I would say. And then in terms of people not agreeing with astrology, that's cool. I, you know. Who cares? Like, I don't, yeah. it's not my business. You don't need to like psychics. You don't need to like cats. You don't need to like curly hair. Although, OMG, you should like curly hair. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't need people to agree with me in order for us to find common ground. And I, um, I find when people are straight up haters and disrespectful of astrology, that just tells me about them. It doesn't tell me anything about astrology because I've never encountered someone who hates astrology, who's like disrespectful about it, who's done any amount of research into it. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a matter of hubris to have a really strong fixed opinion about something you don't understand Ooh. and to think that you don't need to take any pains to strive to understand something before you have a fixed opinion about it. And that to me is a reflection of that person and their conditioning and their other beliefs and not a reflection of me. And yeah. so, yeah, so that's, I'm, I have no problem with people not liking astrology at all. And, and I have come to learn that I am a minority uh, as an astrologer for feeling this way. Um, but I feel very strongly in this way. Good for you, man. You are doing it all. You're just the freaking, uh, the work, the work that you're doing that is paying off is just very impressive. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate you talking to us and to all of our listeners who are, you know, always searching for an easier route and, uh, life lessons. Um, I definitely want to plug your book, astrology for real relationships. When does it come out? Okay, so thank you for asking. It comes out January 7th, 2020, uh, although maybe even a little earlier. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Ooh, um, I already pre-ordered it. Yeah, yeah you can pre-order <laughs> it now anywhere, um, but if you go to my website, there's like links to all the places where you can pre-order the book. It's called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. And it's not just the sun sign astrology book like Linda Goodman's book. This mm -hmm. one goes through all 10 of the planets and it's broken and all 10 of the planets in each house and in each sign, but it's broken into three separate sections. One is friends and chosen family. The other one is early stages of dating and like hooking up. And then the third section is long-term committed relationship. And this book is feminist and it's like queer inclusive and it is, you know, not making the assumption that all couples are just two people or all couples are monogamous or all couples are, you know, binary gendered or whatever yes. it is. So, Amazing. Uh, I'm very excited about the book and I, I want to say that I love friends. So I'm very excited that this book is the astrology of friendship inclusive because I think our platonic loves are really important. Yes, I agree. I also love your divination app, Tiny Spark. Thank you. I love it. It's so fun. Um, if anybody, it's free. If anybody goes and downloads it, it's like it's like a super special sort of magic eight ball that you can connect to and will help you get through all kinds of fun things. Absolutely um, right. Yes. Well, Jessica, we appreciate you so much. Um, where do you want people to find you? 
all over the internet. You can find me on my website at lovelanyato.com. You can listen to my podcast, Ghost of a Podcast. You can follow me on social. I'm mainly on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Jessica Lanyato on both of those platforms. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I know my last name is impossible to spell, <laughs> and I really... You know, it was the 1990s when I decided to, like, brand my business to my last name. It was a mistake I made. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – I'm assuming it'll be in the liner notes, so you can, like, copy it. Yes, it's an unforgettable last name. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's really? just hard to pronounce, but it's, it's beautiful. It's very uh, hard French. to pronounce and hard to spell, <laughs> and it's stupid that I used it. But here I am. No, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, this has been great. This is uh, I think it's been illuminating. It's been wonderful. Um, so make sure you check out Astrology for Real Relationships. You can pre-order it now. Go to the website. Click click the links and do the things. And it's Jessica underscore Lanyata um, on Instagram. So that's, I mean, yeah, your, your Instagram is really great. I mean, I love Instagram to me. Instagram is the way to go social media style. Like that's my favorite one of all. So, um, yeah, so we appreciate you coming on today. This has been wonderful. Um, is there anything, any last words you want to leave people with? Um, I don't know. I've just, I've had such a great time and I really appreciate you guys having me here. And I, I thank you so much. It's been so wonderful. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you so much. You are doing uh, big, good work, and well, I really, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, you guys, I'm basically going to have to listen to this episode every time I need a, a self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> because you've both been so nice to me, and I just love it. And so every time I feel sad or blue, I'm just going to be like, replay. Alexa. Aww. I actually don't have Alexa. I'm not using Alexa. Fuck Alexa. But, <laughs> but I, I, will, I will replay it. So thank you for that. Oh. If, you a big, if you ever need another big boost, uh, we'll, just, we'll just do another interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the future. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, well, this was wonderful. And uh, we just want to remind all you guys, this shit is real. <laughs> <laughs>